98K News. It's one o'clock on Benche. The headlines. Tycoon Li Ka-sheng weighs into the extradition debate with a series of newspaper ads. Business leaders, economists and the public cast doubt on the government's $19 billion relief package. And organizers of a student rally tonight say they're not worried that their call for international help will antagonize Beijing. Local tycoon Li Ka-sheng has spoken out for the first time on recent anti-extradition protests in a series of newspaper advertisements urging an end to violence. But as Candace Wong reports, some of his remarks were open to interpretation. Hong Kong's richest man has weighed into the debate for the first time since anti-extradition protests erupted in June. The retired billionaire has published two types of newspaper advertisement under the name A Hong Kong Citizen, Li Ka-sheng. One advert reads, the best cost can end with the worst result, and under a red stop sign, it says in the name of love, stop the anger, and love China, love Hong Kong, love rule of law, love inclusion, love freedom, and love yourself. But in other adverts featured in publications such as the Beijing's mouthpiece Ta Kong Pao, Mr. Li features a short ancient poem which he previously referenced when discussing riots in Wangkok three years ago. The poem hints that it will be a matter of regret if someone continued to damage Hong Kong, but it's not clear who he is referring to. Meanwhile, Mr. Lee, also known as Superman in the media, has had a visit from a free climber dubbed the French Spider-Man for his skills in clamoring up skyscrapers. Alain Robert climbed partway up Mr. Lee's headquarters, the 68-story Cheng Kong Center in Central, before unfurling a message calling for peace. The banner showed the national and Hong Kong flags blending together with a handshake below. Last year, Mr. Robert was banned from a year from climbing buildings in the SAR. The ban expired this month. The honorary chairman of the Hong Kong Small and Medium Enterprises Association has called on the government to set up a new fund to help those industries that have been worse affected by recent anti-extradition protests. Danny Lau says the government should offer grants of between $200,000 and $500,000 to about 30,000 companies in the retail, tourism and food and beverage sectors, which he believes have been hardest hit. Mr. Lau says a $19 billion relief package for individuals and companies announced by the administration yesterday yesterday targets the wrong recipients. I will suggest focus on the recent incidents, the most affected industries such as the tourism and the retail stores. They need more assistance from the government. I will suggest to form a new fund especially to help those industries I just mentioned. Regular citizens have also cast doubt on whether the $19 billion relief package can really help the economy. These commuters in Central all agree that the sweeteners will do nothing to stop the protests. It just gives us some money and then the government is like, want us to shut up. Like, I give you some benefits so you should start protesting or having disagreements with the government. But then I think it doesn't really work because it's just several thousand dollars and... It's just small bonus for us. Even though you give billion, million dollars in this economy bill, it's no use because this is the confidence of my client. That means the merchant or my client overseas, not in Hong Kong, right? They have no of confidence. They said to me, can you prove 100% sure that your goods will be shipped to our country? Can you? 
I can. Oh, it's completely useless for me. I get no benefit from it, and I don't think it can help the Hong Kong situation right now. A Shuyan University economist says the government's $19 billion relief package will do little to prop up the economy as the main beneficiaries, elderly people and the poor, are unlikely to begin spending more money. But Thomas Yoon says he believes the administration's claim that it introduced the measures now because of poor economic data recorded so far rather than as a response to the political crisis. The policy itself does not actually targeting anything related to the current instant because the current instant does not have anything related to the economy itself. They, the people going to the protest, they are not going to the protest because of the economy. Uh, the cost chain effect is reversed in this case. So they should actually targeting more on how to fulfill the political quest of the protester. A spokesman for the student-led group that's organizing a rally in Chaitagarden this evening to call for international support for the Hong Kong protests has dismissed concerns that this will only further antagonize Beijing. The central government has often hit out at what it claims is the involvement of foreign forces in the protest movement. But Sunny Zhang does not appear to be concerned by this. Actually, U.S. and namely a lot of countries from the free world, they want to contain China, especially the authoritarian China. And that's why if Hong Kong as a free city, if we can join this free world bloc to contain the authoritarian China, and then we can fight for our own freedom, I think this is a good thing for us. The rally is being organized by leaders from 12 higher education institutions and an online forum. Organizers of a class boycott say more than half of the almost 20,000 secondary school pupils who took part in an online poll said they would join the boycott when classes resume next month. The boycott is intended to press the government to accept five demands put forward by anti-extradition protesters. Pupils from 350 schools took part. Zita Lang, a secondary school pupil and member of one of the organizing groups, Demo Venile, said the results showed the strength of feeling. This reflects that the Hong Kong government in the past few months refused to respond to the demands of Hong Kong people. All the students feel so disappointed with the Hong Kong government because Hong Kong government should serve the Hong Kong citizens and listen to them. And this survey uh, showed that the students willing to stand up for their own right and protect for their own democracy and freedom. Another organizer, Isaac Cheng from the political party Demo Sisto, said the boycotts would take place once a week, indefinitely. He said rallies in Hong Kong Island, Kowloon and the New Territories would be held on the 2nd of next month, as well as assemblies at schools. The South Korean Armed Forces say North Korea has fired two unidentified projectiles from its east coast into the sea. It comes as the North rebuffs the South Korean president's promise to work towards reunification by 2045. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. The South Korean military said it tracked two unidentified projectiles launched from North Korea's Kangwon province on the east coast. This latest weapons test, its sixth in recent weeks, comes after North Korea released a blistering statement which said that it had nothing to discuss with South Korea and that Pyongyang had no intention of sitting face to face again. The South Korean President Moon Jae-in gave a speech yesterday reaffirming his commitment to talks with Kim Jong-un to work towards unifying the two countries by 2045. But the statement described President Moon's hope of dialogue as delusional. 
President Trump has accused progressive Democrats seeking their party's presidential nomination of trying to tear the U.S. apart. Speaking at a rally in New Hampshire, a state narrowly won by his opponent Hillary Clinton in 2016, Mr. Trump said the Democrats would destroy the great achievements of his administration. The BBC's Peter Bowes was listening. This, in many respects, was a vintage Donald Trump rally, hitting all those hot-button issues that he knows his base supporters will respond very positively to. One line that really resonated with me was when he said that you have no choice to vote for me, whether you love me or hate me. And perhaps that was an acknowledgement that there are some in the states that clearly are not a fan of his. And he justified that statement that you would be essentially better off if you vote for me, even if you're not a Donald Trump. Fun by talking about the economy, rising wages, and the low unemployment rate in the state. Israel has been widely criticized in the United States for its decision to ban a visit by two U.S. Congresswomen who spoken out against its policies towards the Palestinians. The Israeli government blocked the trip by Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib after President Trump, their frequent critic, said it would be a sign of great weakness to let them in. Israeli officials said it was because they supported boycott activity against Israel. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu defended the decision. Israeli law prohibits the entry into Israel of those who call for and work to impose boycotts on Israel, and this is what the Interior Minister decided regarding the two Congresswomen. And I agree with him. U.S. Democrats have reacted with fury, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi demanded that Israel reverse its decision. Hanana Shwari is a senior Palestinian official who would have been hosting the two Congresswomen. This is not acceptable, and I believe that this is an affront to the American people and to the representatives themselves. But unfortunately, Donald Trump himself, the president, was inciting against them, and he was telling the Israelis not to allow them in. The authorities in Gibraltar have ordered the immediate release of an Iranian oil tanker that's been in port there since it was seized last month by British Marines and local police. They said the ship no longer fell under European Union sanctions banning oil shipments to Syria. A court revoked the detention order following a directive by Gibraltar's chief minister. The BBC's Kajra Naji was in the courtroom. The judge made it clear that this ship, Grace One, is no longer, in his words, a designated ship. Uh, is is released and is free to go as of today. So they have released the tankers, uh, super tanker Grace One, in spite of requests from the United States to hold it and hand over its control. A federal court in Brazil has ruled that a former soldier should stand trial for kidnapping and raping left-wing activists in the 1970s. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Sergeant Antonio Vaneir Lima has admitted working as a guard at a clandestine detention center near Rio de Janeiro, but he said he didn't know what was going on inside the place, which became known as the House of Death. His lawyers will appeal against the decision, arguing that Sergeant Lima should be shielded from prosecution by an amnesty law approved by Brazil's military government in 1979. The court ruled, however, that he'd committed crimes against humanity, which are not covered by the legislation. 
and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,695. That's 197 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at 48 billion dollars. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 106.18 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 47 cents. And to sports now, here's Joanne Wong. Starting with cricket, and it was another tough day for England yesterday as playing the second Ashes Test at Lords finally got underway. They were dismissed for just 258. Australia will start the third day in London, 228 runs behind with nine wickets in hand, as Robert Cam reports. World Cup-winning England fast bowler Jofra Archer put down a marker on his Test debut with an electrifying opening spell, but the only wicket Australia lost before stumps was when David Warner was bowled by paceman Stuart Broad. It's the third time in as many innings this series he had dismissed a left-hander. At the close, Ashes holders Australia were 30 for one, a deficit of 228 runs. Cameron Bancroft was five not out, and Usman Kawaja 18 not out. England suffered an all-too-familiar collapse as they slumped to 138 for six before a seventh-wicket stand of 72 between Johnny Burstow and Chris Wokes repaired some of the damage. Next, a surprise upset in tennis. Roger Federer has crashed out of one of his favorite tournaments in straight sets to a 21-year-old qualifier he'd never faced before. It took 70th-ranked Andrei Rublev only 61 minutes to beat the seven-time champion 6-3-6-4 in the Cincinnati Masters. Was Federer's ouster? Novak Djokovic became the only top five seed left in the U.S. Open warm-up event. The Serbian star dismissed Pablo Carino Busta 6-3-6-4. In the women's bracket, top-seeded Ashley Barty defeated Anja Konovic 4-6-7-5-7-5 to reach the quarterfinals. Also advancing to the quarterfinals was the resurgent Venus Williams, who surpassed Donna Vikic 2-6-6-4-6-3. Staying with the Cincinnati Masters, Nick Kyrgios has been slapped a heavy fine for his expletive-filled outbursts on court. The Australian went on to lose the match to Russian Karan Kankanov. Here's the BBC's Russell Fuller. They have given him a very significant and mighty fine of $113,000, which is around about £93,000. And in addition to that, he could potentially be found guilty under the player major offence section of the code. That could result in an additional fine and/or suspension. And this, after reigniting what is becoming a running feud with the umpire Fergus Murphy in the second set of the match with Karen Hatchinoff last night, he swore at him, he abused him, he called him the worst umpire in the game, and then left the court, as you were hearing, to smash two rackets, having been. Forbidden to leave the court to take a bathroom break, his intent was to smash those rackets. He walked back onto court, and、uh, at the end of the match, called the umpire a tool, no handshake, and a spit on the ground as he walked past him. Swimming, Hong Kong's Stephanie Ao has won silver in the 50-meter backstroke category at the FINA Swimming World Cup in Singapore. The 27-year-old clocked 28.16 seconds in the final, 0.21 second behind gold medalist Holly Barrett from Australia. Ao is competing in the 100-meter backstroke today and hopes to achieve the A-standard Olympic qualifying time. And that's your look at sport. Joanne Wong there, and that's the news from RTHK. Graduation day, 
Got into a car, crashed along the way. And we arrived late to the wake. Stole the un while they looked away. And drove to the beach, cause I knew you'd want it that way. And you were standing on the hood of the car, singing out loud when the sun came up. And I know I wasn't right, but it felt so good. And your mother didn't mind, like I thought she would. And that Aryan song was playing in my mind. In three and a half minutes. Like a lifetime 